Prime Minister Chris Hipkins kicks off the country and Prime Minister, I want to start with the artist formerly known as Three Waters, now called the Affordable Water Infrastructure Reform. When are we going to see an announcement on this? Oh, well, look, we're aiming to make sure that everyone knows where we stand this week, so you'll hear a bit more from us in the coming days. Um, we've been working really hard to, to have a look at what our plans were to make sure that we're creating something that people can get behind. The overall driver here is pretty clear. We've got um, you know 180-odd billion dollars worth of expenditure required on our water infrastructure, and we've got to make sure we're doing that in the most cost-effective way possible so that people can access drinking water. They can know that when they're flushing the toilet that they, you know it's, it's going away and it's being dealt with and it's not going to end up um, in, the, in the streams or the rivers or the harbours when it rains heavily. And they want to know, of course, you know, when it, when when severe weather events happen, that our stormwater infrastructure is going to hold up, um, and that homes aren't going to be flooded. So, a lot of a lot of work ahead to make sure we're delivering on those things, and we want to make sure we can do that in the most cost-effective way we can. We're obviously going to see big changes on this front. We kind of already have from the three waters to the four waters to the five waters now to the affordable water infrastructure reform. What about changes around co-governance? Um, we'll set out the, the governance arrangements um, when we when we do that. I think when we, you know when we make the announcement, I think one of the frustrations for me on that is co-governance kind of became shorthand for a lot of fear mongering and a lot of concern. Actually, there weren't co-governance arrangements in place with the three waters entities as they were established anyway. There were some advisory groups put in place, but the actual governance arrangements were a were a board, a board of directors, you know, that are appointed based on their skills and experience and qualifications. Um, but I think you know. And all of the all of the hurly burly around the the three waters debate, I think a lot of that just got lost. And so we want to get it back to what we're trying to achieve here, which is making sure that we've got affordable water infrastructure. Yeah, I think we can agree it was appallingly communicated. Uh, so obviously a big diversion from that. Look, Easter trading laws. We had Christopher Luxon on the show yesterday who said they were out of date, they weren't relevant in today's society, uh, that National would look at these. Do you agree? Is this something Labor will address? There's only about three and a half days of the year where we have genuine public holidays where people, by and large, don't go to work. And, you know, Easter uh, makes up, a, you know, two of those days. And, you know, it's, I don't think it's too much to have a couple of days of the year. And we are talking, you know, three and a half where people genuinely get some time off and, and get to have a have a break with their families. So I'm, I'm you know, sceptical about the need for reform. It's not a high priority for me. Um, there were attempts to reform it back in uh, 2014, and uh, ultimately the decision was taken at that time uh, by the then national government to provide more discretion for local authorities to provide exemptions for businesses to be able to trade over Easter. So local councils can do that, you know, in the tourism hotspots and, and those sorts of things. They can they can already provide those exemptions and they, that system seems to be working pretty effectively. Look, on the uh, green list, we've got some changes here. 32 new health jobs added to the straight to residency pathway on the green list. Will these be processed in time for us to get these health professionals into the country ahead of winter. We saw this completely fall apart with dairy workers during COVID. 200 places were given and much celebrated and then months later we had two in the country. Will we see a repeat of this or have we learnt from that? 
Immigration New Zealand have really, you know, sharpened up their visa processing um, systems. They've got more people on board to make sure that they can get timely decisions on visas. In my previous role as Minister of Education, I was getting a weekly update on how they were doing with visa processing for international students, for example, and they were processing most of those within a couple of weeks. So um, I think their systems have improved, but we'll have to keep a close eye on it to make sure that we're getting these people in. You know, applications or the, you know, the system will kick off for them end of May for the new jobs that we've added to the green list um, and I expect that we will start to see people coming in uh, within the, within a couple of months of that. Why has it taken so long? Well, we've, we've constantly been looking at where the gaps are in our immigration system and where the biggest skill needs are in New Zealand. We do have a challenge that our population has been growing so fast that we just haven't been able to keep up with the required infrastructure for a much bigger population. And to put that into context, you know, our population went from 4 million to 5 million and, and just over half the time it took to go from 3 million to 4 million. And, you know, immigration's been a really big part of that. Now, migrants are incredibly important for New Zealand, but we've got to get the balance right here so that we don't overwhelm the country, um, you know, contribute to the housing crisis, contribute to the infrastructure crisis. We've actually got to get the balance right. And so that's what our overall approach to immigration is about. In yesterday's post-cabinet, Presa, you mentioned the Bonding Rural Health Professionals Scheme, more than 500 applicants in this. How many have been placed? Because it feels to me, and certainly those I'm talking to, that we are still woefully short in rural areas. Yeah, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me today. I, I did yesterday, but unfortunately I just don't have it with me this morning. But, um, you know, it's been very successful. We know we've got more work to do, though, around training more GPs. So overall, our goal here is to increase the number of GPs we're training each year and get that number up to at least 300 per year. Now, if you consider the context of the GP workforce, that's that's going to help to kind of clear the GP shortage that we've got as a country. We can't train an unlimited number of GPs every year. But if we can get that up to 300, we know that you know over several years we'll be able to get on top of it. GP shortages do exist across the country. Um, if we can fix that, then that's actually going to ease a lot of pressure on our hospitals and so on as well because people will be able to go to their GP rather than ending up in the emergency department. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've got to ask you, you've acknowledged we have outstanding trade deals still to be worked through, uh, but you've also acknowledged that overseas travel might be a little bit more on the back burner this year being as it is an election year, is it not important to go and help see these trade deals through? Oh, one of the one of the key priorities before the election, um, you know, we've done all the work on the um, the UK free trade agreement and the European Union free trade agreement. I'm absolutely committed to making sure that we nudge those across the final hurdle. Um, and so, one way or the other, we want to make that happen. So we're just trying to get the you know the balance right. I don't want to be out of the country a huge amount of time. You know, it's election year. There's a lot lots happening in New Zealand, including the cyclone recovery and so on. Um, but you know, trade is such an important part of our overall economy. We are in exporting nation and uh, you know under our government we've managed to to really close the deal on a lot of long-standing trade negotiations you know the CPTPP covers a significant proportion of our trade and that was a you know trade arrangement that we managed to conclude we've had work to you know upgrade our trading opportunities in the Asia and the Asian region um, a China FTA upgrade and the UK and the EU really will be the icing on the cake there it will mean so much more market access for our exporters, which can only be good for New Zealand's overall economic health. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, appreciate your time. Thanks very much.